Um, we can't help but succeed to draw some great conclusions and realize we're not alone and that, you know, in most religions, I hope, that there's love as the glue that holds us together. Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley back for a live spiritual tune-up. Uh, I was uh, under the weather, common cold, little fever, blah, 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 tested negative for all the, the COVID flu strep. Uh, but thank you so much for all the kind well wishes in my, my absence. And uh, uh, the, the absence was extended, of course, because there was a three-day long weekend holiday. It's great to be back. Great to have been missed, uh, and I've got a doozy of a question for you, thanks to you. Because every morning, 9.15 New York City time, I broadcast live answers to your questions on anything under the sun, anything under the sun. Typically, with the perspective that the more truth you have, the greater and happier your life's joy the more traction you have to living deliberately, creating consciously in this bastion of perfection and order floating through the cosmos. So today's question will no doubt help you live a happier life, uh, but it's going to take some going outside of our normal uh, perspectives to perhaps put these pieces together. God, Jesus, and aliens. How do these fit together? Mike, how does God or Jesus fit in with the UFO theory of seeding our planet or helping us evolve? Actually, these thoughts go really, really well together. They're kind of um, almost intuitive unless you're steeped in religion. Now, please, I don't mean to offend anybody here, but my perspective is that religion is a man-made tool to reconcile that which eludes the physical senses. It's man's attempt to understand the nature of reality with their intellect alone. And it's a very noble attempt. There's so much beauty and power um, that is held in virtually every religion. Um, we can't help but succeed to draw some great conclusions and realize we're not alone and that you know, in most religions, I hope that there's love as the glue that holds us together. But if you are too steeped into any particular religion, that's when it gets wobbly because religions by their nature, by definition, are exclusionary. You're either with them or you're on the, uh, 
the other side of the fence burning in hell forever. That's not too cool. And I think, you know, uh, at some point in the evolution of most religions, um, men with agendas got a hold of the steering wheel and took them where they weren't supposed to really go at the outset, but generally of a very noble cause. But if you believe literally the, the words that you've read that were meant for generations, millennia ago, that were then translated a million times, oh, you could be on some very thin ice. The idea of God, which is everywhere always at once, which does not need a religion to define. It is every beating heart, every grain of sand, every sentient and non-sentient being. It is realizing that there's nothing that's non-sentient. God is everything. You don't need religion for that. Well, if you find that God has created a physical universe with 10 sextillion stars at a minimum, uh, often believed to have been underestimated by a figure of a um, hundred, so times a hundred, um, then you'd realize that this God who could put a hundred million species on planet Earth uh, probably put a little bit of life on other planets. And we call them aliens. And you know what they call us? They call us aliens. But we're all God and it's all good. And if you know of some of my work, I had the great fortune of working with the amazing Tracy Farquhar. Um, she's a medium, a psychic, and she channels different energies. And she channeled Frank. Uh, Frank and I did a book together, Channeled Messages from Deep Space. And one of the amazing things Frank says is true of their reality, their planet, in this time and space, but far removed, is that while they are unimaginably different than us in physical appearance um, and their, their planet, uh, their lifestyle, unimaginably different than us. A little bit scary, huh? Like, what could that be? Maybe they're octopus, maybe? Uh, but no, they're, they're far more humanoid than octopus. Uh, we've been given the pictures. Um, Tracy has. Frank says, even though they... Their whole realm physically is so unimaginably different than ours. Their spiritual evolution is nearly identical. And wouldn't you figure that that would be the case? We're all of God, by God, pure God. We're all descended into the illusions uh, for the adventure of love, only to make our way back to total clarity and understanding, camaraderie, joy, cooperation. And in the journey back to truth through the light, we would all be learning lessons of patience, uh, empathy, um, cooperation, inclusivity, um, that love is always the answer, that violence always fails, always. Um, these are the lessons of all beings and creatures, whether you're a chimpanzee or an amoeba or you and I or a so-called alien from outer space. The, the terrain is different. The physical expression is different. But the journey spiritually, inwardly, consciously is identical. And Jesus was this child of God. And he said, you are too. He said, we all are. And that the things he did will do greater things. And, and, it's, and, and so he was a light at a very dark and difficult time on planet earth undoubtedly such lights exist 
um, from time to time on this planet and in other realms, just our brothers and sisters kind of throwing us a line, so to speak, to, to get a leg up on. Now, of course, some religions came around and said, he is of us and you believe in him or you perish. And I, all of a sudden, religion has gone a little bit too far. But the underlying message is about love and inclusivity and forgiveness and tolerance and patience and all those great things, the lessons that we're all here to learn. So if you take Jesus out of religion and just witness him as a brother um, to all of us, and you take God uh, and strip it from religion and realize everything is God, and you realize with your physical senses, ironically, that in this incredible physical universe, there must be other forms of consciousness. Now, of course, there's delineations between the insect world, the plant world, the animal world, the human world. But in that evolution of expression, God come alive in the dream of life, there's lots of different lessons. And some are so sophisticated that we come back and have reincarnational existences, as do human beings. Um, do dogs reincarnate? They might. They're definitely eternal. And they wait for us on the other side. Uh, the rainbow bridge is real. Um, but the sophistication level of consciousness differs from being to being. Do dolphins reincarnate? I'm absolutely sure they do. As other creatures, maybe even octopus. Are other sentient beings much like humanoids on other planets with such sophisticated um, levels of conscious evolution before them that they might come back to get it again and do it better and learn more? Of course, I'm sure of that. They are our brothers and sisters. It's not us versus them. I'm not trying to compare all species is what I was just trying to get at. But when, when you get to aliens like us who are very sophisticated and are scattered throughout the physical cosmos, I'm sure that we are all far more similar than we are different with, without regard to physical appearances, all learning about love and cooperation cooperation and it makes so much sense it's exactly what you would think you would never think in this incredible vastness of space we're the only planet or if there were other planet that we would be the most advanced i mean you would never think that logically i trust but that's even beside the point what's important now is you and your life uh, your joy your happiness your immersion into truth your compassion your cooperation your inclusivity i don't know what's dinging here is that your computer or my computer? So other point I wanted to get at here is um, still that there are aliens out there does not change the nature of our or your reality. Your thoughts become things. You're a bringer of the dawn. You're a bringer of the light. Some badass alien cannot come down here and totally blow up our planet or strip us of our mineral wealth or silly notions that people have about aliens like attracts like thoughts become things we will attract other races that resonate with us and that are on similar um at a similar place in the arc of our evolution now hopefully they're a little more advanced than us they are they have spaceships that can make it through wormholes apparently so that doesn't mean that they're as primitive as we are, but nevertheless, uh, uh, learning the same kind of lessons that we are. 
You need not feel vulnerable to them is what I'm trying to get at. Neither think that they break the whole model of the Christian Judeo. Now anything can happen and cockroaches will take over. It's like you live in a world that you are creating through your thoughts, beliefs, and expectations. And this will continue to be true when aliens peek over the horizon and give us a little thumbs up. Do you want to be friends? Nothing to be afraid of. Uh, lots to be excited about. I do believe that the United States government is supposed to be releasing more footage of UFOs today on June 1, 2021. I don't know if that's quite true or not, but this has been in alignment with some of the other questions I've recently answered, and I think it's a lot of fun. So have a good time with it. Um, continue to marvel at the majesty of creation uh, of all forms and beings. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley reminding you that your thoughts become things. Here for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question is uh, one of my favorites. I've touched on it before. Let me go deeper today. It's about prayer. Mike, why and how to pray, if at all? Good question. Because prayer, as it's typically practiced, is not nearly as empowering as it could be. In fact, it can disempower you. Mike, everyone always says, I will pray for you. What does that mean? Is there a judgmental God that grants wishes depending upon the amount of prayers received on someone's behalf? Have you ever wondered that yourself? What kind of God is that? The problem with prayer, as it's typically practiced, is that it puts you on the outside of God's inner circle. It creates a separation from you and the divine. That's how people have typically seen the divine. Instead of understanding that there's just only one. There's you uh, and then there's more you. There's God and that's it. Just everything is of the divine. But prayer, particularly in question marks, dear God, can I, will I, should I? God's like, you tell me, man, I gave you all the keys to the kingdom. You decide what's going on. That's the name of this game. If you're praying, praying like that in question marks, where's your power? Where do you believe your power is? And as the questioner wondered, what kind of, what kind of God would it be that if assistance was only rendered to somebody if enough prayers were accumulating? Whether it's one person or seven billion people praying, shouldn't a loving, compassionate God already be on the scene? Of course! Again, it, prayer as it's typically practiced um, reinforces some silly old school limiting beliefs that do not empower us in any way, shape, or form. They give our power away to a supposedly judgmental God who will say, hmm, not enough people are praying for you, dude. I don't care about your prayers, you know. What about their prayers? What if we could play a lot of hypotheticals here? Right, now, let me tell you about the beauty of prayer, even old school prayer. And then I'll tell you how to use it now to get the biggest bang for your buck. The beauty of prayer is that it, at least it offers not just a thought or a belief, but a demonstration that you believe 
you are heard. That you believe you are not alone. That you believe life is more than random chance crap happening to good people for no reason. That you believe that there's a possibility for a better outcome than what you're now experiencing. All of this demonstrates through the physical act of communicating with a higher, higher being that we live in a world of order and a world of intelligence. And that alone very likely offsets almost all of the negative negating attributes of old school prayer. Okay, so you're going to at least cover your ground and not lose ground uh, through the act of old school praying for what it does demonstrate. Um, but now let me share with you what I believe ought to be done through prayer. Given that we are already the eyes and the ears of God Almighty, that we are here for the adventure of it, that we knew what we were doing, that we are never alone, um, that there's us and more us and we can reach out to that higher other self portion of ourselves or call it God or call it the universe, if you will, because generally we don't have enough confidence to believe in ourselves. That's why we don't pray to ourselves. Um, number one, drop the question marks. Dear God, can I, will I, should I? God's like, you tell me. Okay. So instead, pray in exclamation points. Thank you. Hallelujah. So be it. Your desire, and there's nothing unselfish about your desires. Nothing. Even if it's for more money, more chocolate, more whatever you want. <laughs> Go for it. That's what it's here for, for you. Pray in exclamation points. Number two, pray with a sense of gratitude. Pray knowing that you are heard. Pray knowing that the elements will, in fact, respond. Pray knowing that you deserve what you're asking for. Pray in gratitude as if it's already happened. So give thanks for what you already have. This is the value of a gratitude journal. Give thanks to God, the angels, the universe, your higher self, your real self, for all you already have, and it shall be multiplied. Because what is prayer but thought? Focused, concentrated thought from a zillion infinite possibilities. Thank you, God, for the clarity. From a zillion infinite possibilities, thank you, God, for my wealth and abundance. Thank you, God, for my awesome hot travel partner. Thank you, God, for the, for the passion and the purpose that I feel every single day. Now you're taking infinite possibilities and you're putting them here in the power of word expressed as prayer through gratitude as if you've already received it. Holy mackerel, you got like 12 cylinders firing all of a sudden. Um, and of course, Although this seems uh, a, little, a little odd, it, it does help to pray in numbers, meaning with friends and family. Not because there's a judgmental God that says, wow, this must be important. No, but because our thoughts become things individually and collectively. And if one person uh, wants something that's independent of seven and a half billion other people, go for it, you can have it. But if Two people want something um, independent of the other 7.5 billion people or 12 or 200 or 2 million. There is such a thing as economies of scale. And suddenly fewer 
other beliefs have to be broken or contended with as the stars are realigned for your wish and the wish of others. This is why mastermind groups, uh, Google mastermind group, any gathering of like-minded people who are after the same thing, whether it's clarity, peace, a wealth and abundance, a business taking off, a family flourishing, whenever there's more than one gathered, this is in the Bible as well, and now you know why. Whenever more than one is gathered, there's a an exponentially ramping up of expectation, belief, possibilities that come into the fray for you to have a quicker, faster, more harmonious manifestation. So absolutely pray in numbers. Prayer is powerful because it's words distilled, brought down from the ether to a select few. It's clarity in our own minds. There's no God outside of you judging and saying, yes, maybe, are there enough people involved? It's you and you alone because you are that divine energy that summons legions in the unseen. And those legions are just more you. Okay, there's just you and more you everywhere. There's you, you, you. You can have what you want. You don't have to learn how to do it right. There's a ton of wiggle room. Even if you prayed old school fashion, you did it totally wrong and you gave away your power, your dreams are still going to probably come true. I mean, just look at how orderly and magnificent and amazing your life already is, even when confused and distraught and anxiety or whatever it is. So we live in a beautiful, great, graceful world. When you understand some of these components, you can have more confidence in them. It reveals your power and you're good to go. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, and it's time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question is kind of a heartbreaker and so much honesty. And I know that, that we all carry around um, grief to a degree for our own earlier mistakes that have affected other people. And I want to tell you, get yourself off that hook. You don't deserve to be there. Listen to this question. Mike. I've messed up badly as a parent, and now my child suffers from terrible self-doubt like I have. How do I turn this around? How do I have compassion for myself, even when I know I have made major mistakes that have adversely affected other people? How do I find peace for both of us? This is all about how to forgive yourself. Let me remind you of the obvious uh, and I'm not making light of, of what you have put yourself through. And I'm so sorry for it. I can feel it. Uh, nobody signed up to be a perfect parent. Nobody signed up to live a perfect life. Nobody signed up thinking there would be no mistakes. We signed up knowing we would be imperfect, that we would find ourselves utterly lost, that we would panic and freak out and lash out. We all knew that this was part of the terrain. We chose to be alive during a very primitive time in the arc of our spiritual evolution. We could have just said, hey, let me know when you're all living on floating clouds and everybody has all needs taken care of. And that's when I'm going to show up for my first incarnation. That's not your style. You wanted it all. You'd be like, I'm going to be a pioneer. I'm going to go there and I'm going to fall down. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the first to make a mistake. I'm going to be the first to learn from that mistake. I'm going to... I'm going to know hatred and I'm going to know love. I'm going to 
I want it all. And here you are living that. And the people that signed up with you wanted the same thing. Nobody signed up saying, now I'm only going to go if my mom's perfect, if my dad's just a bee's knees. I'm only going to go if you guys get your act together. It's like, no, look, I'm going to be fumbling around and you're going to be fumbling around. We're both going to be fumbling around, but there's going to be love everywhere. There's going to be infinite possibilities for our rebounding, our comebacks, our, uh, our scaling to the top of the mountain, even though we were hopelessly or seemingly so lost before we got there. We're in this together. Oh, we, oh, and we marched, lo- we marched locked arm in arm into these sacred jungles of time and space. Nobody expected you to be perfect. You have done as well as anybody could have ever done in your shoes. You have done as well as Jesus Christ could have done in your shoes. Now, in your shoes, in my shoes, in that means nobody could have done better because you are God in your shoes. Your shoes have tainted your vision, your clarity by design. We knew this would happen. Hey, it's all playing out in the palm of God's hand. It's going to be okay. So in your shoes, now, you know, I could never have been, you know, okay, that's a bad tangent, me comparing myself to Jesus, and it wasn't going to be what you think. But, um, but being born as we were, with our own unique stories, our own prior lives, our own perhaps complicated relationships that were unfinished in prior experiences, brought us here to a certain playing level, perfect for the lessons we needed to learn, not perfect to live a perfect life. So cut yourself some slack. You did the best you knew to do. You're a hero. You had courage. You stood up to the beast. You did your absolute best. And so has everyone, no matter how to the contrary that may seem. And I know that it's, that's a lot to give everyone. And some people have, have tripped and stumbled so badly. But look, there's no one who hasn't made mistakes. And there's no one who hasn't made mistakes. Those mistakes of which didn't affect adversely other people. Everyone watching this right now has made mistakes that adversely affected other people. So if we just went around feeling terrible about that, we'd never be able to pick ourselves back up. The way you make amends, the way you move forward is just you do the best you can in each new moment. And you let your love be known. So to those you've, that you've wronged, that you've made mistakes, that you've trespassed against, tell them, man, look, I'm straight up sorry. I really blew it. I don't know how to make it up to you. don't know if I can ever make it up to you. If they won't have a conversation with you in the, in, in the unseen, all of us is squared away. Uh, friendships are rekindled. Laughter is uh, followed by a life review and everyone sees things with a proper perspective. But another key point that I wanted to make in all of this is that when we choose our lifetimes, we know that the people around us are going to be fallible, okay? And I can point to mistakes my mom and dad made indisputably, but I have it within me to not make those mistakes. And your kids have it within them to learn better and to know better and not make your mistakes. Your kids have it within them to realize you did your best. And whether you realize it or not now, whether they realize it or not now, everyone is doing their best. And everyone will know this one day.
So you just do the best you can to to press on forward in spite of the mistakes that you've already made because they're the mistakes I've made and they're the mistakes that everybody else has made. No one was randomly exposed to your confusion. Your confusion would only have been in their realm if they also had something to learn from it. Can you see this sometimes in families? They're all learning patience or they're all learning. Well, I don't want to. You can just see they're all learning self-discipline or they're all families grouped together because they're all learning the same lesson. So if one of them makes this mistake that the others were going to make anyway, but they make it first, that doesn't make them a bad person. You're in it together. We're all in it together. I hope I made my point. Sorry for the coughing. I feel way better than I sound. Jumbo fellow adventurers and happy fry. Yay. Thoughts become things. So glad to be with you on another spiritual tune-up. Yes, I still got my cough. I still feel way better than I sound. Thanks for indulging me and letting me do this anyway. Today's question is a great one. And it's one I've touched on many times in the last 300 spiritual tune-ups. Be sure to check out the archives or to sign up for my new podcast. Like, follow, all that jazz. Um, Mike, could you talk about the idea that we actually choose our parents? This is like a mind blower when you first get wind of it. Um, I've read it in profound book after profound book where there was no agenda, agenda. Usually they were channeled, the Seth material. My favorite books are listed at tut.com under resources. That's where I, that's where some of my ideas were sparked. But with a little bit of deductive reasoning, connecting the dots, it's easy to see what the truth is in virtually every case, no matter what it is you're after in terms of answers. Um, in this case, uh, there's the presumption, because we have only used our physical senses heretofore in this incarnation during this primitive time in space, that we are all virgin souls and that we all just showed up. That, uh, that somebody fell in love and there was a conception and God was like, next! And then somebody threw you together and boom, there you are. And everything is just uh, so brand new and so first time. But when you understand, oh, come on, this is going to shatter that, uh, that time is an illusion. This is known science. Time is an illusion. That everything's happening in an eternal now. Because we can't wrap our heads around how we experience simultaneosity on a linear timeline doesn't mean we can't deduce that we are doing it and that it's serving a purpose and that it creates adventures during which we love and are loved. We follow our hearts. We're terrified. We discover our power. We see life's beauty. And then we wake up in the palm of God's hand. It's like everybody wins in this great charade where we temporarily forget who we really are. Eternal beings of light and God particles careening through the cosmos because we wanted to, because we could, because why not? It's there. We're forever beings. And so, with the truth at hand, there, there was no time when you weren't and then suddenly you were. There's no virgin souls. If you will, we're all pure God particles, God divided into a zillion billion particles. And so, so as long as there's been divine intelligence, if you will, certainly not a God of religion, that's not what I teach, 
but very similar, similar in some ways. Uh, as long as there has been divine intelligence, which is always, because now we're talking about a timeline, which is illusionary, um, there was you and me. And so in this soup of eternity, we decided to get our groove on, learn some lessons, forget that we're really everywhere, always at once. And it was like, oh, there's a planet down there. It's really juicy and really cool people are going there and they're learning the kind of stuff that I would love to learn. Um, uh, let's see, what are my options? Who's falling in love? What, what are the prob probabilities? What are the trajectories like? And there's nothing destined, but there's always probabilities. And those can be turned upside down in a heartbeat. So you look and you plot and you have guides and you are loved and you have angels, as do the people who are looking for kids. Because just as we pick our parents, so do our parents pick us. And it doesn't mean that there's always a huge, profound, deep, loving reason other than the love of adventure. Somebody might just be, you know, pregnant because they're in experiencing those splendors without forethought or afterthought. And so there's a channel for a baby to come through. Hey, who wants to come here? There's not going to be a lot of guidance. You're probably going to be put up for adoption. It might even be an abortion. But you know, you're a forever being, so sign up. And if this fits the bill for you, you're like, God darn, you know, if I go there and I'm not guided, I'm going to stand on my feet quicker. If I'm not guided, I'm going to go within quicker. Hey, these people over here weren't guided and look how successful they've been. These people over there, they had, they had a silver spoon born in their mouth and they didn't really learn that much. There's always exceptions. There's no rule. So you check out all of your options and you choose the kind of parents, the kind of stage that's best suited for where you're at. And those parents have to say, yeah, that's cool with me. Or, or no, that's not cool with me. No, we're not going to get along. You're not, my you're not my cup of tea. Or they may abdicate the decision entirely and you come through and you're put up for adoption. Even adoptions, and not to say even, all births are a mutual consensus of, of probabilities and highest, greatest desires. You could well be knowing that you are likely to be put up for adoption and you could well know exactly who is likely going to adopt you. And you could be like, I'm going to sign up for that incarnation. Now, of course, things can change. Even if you were born of loving, blood-inspired DNA parents, you know, the, the agendas get turned upside down. But... You know, I'm not likely to become an axe murderer in this lifetime. I'm also not likely to go to medical school at this stage. I'm also not likely to, to do a zillion other things. So the probabilities are very real and very strong and very likely. But is, that's not to say that anybody is limited by probabilities. They are absolutely not. You write your own ticket every single day. So a hallmark of living in these sacred jungles of time and space, given your divine lineage, given that you're the eyes and the ears, the flipping God, is freedom and choice. And nobody's going to say, ah, you wanted time and space. You've got to go live on planet XYZ, man. That's what you signed up for. Hey, maybe you'll get a lucky draw next life. Everything in your life for the stage that you're born onto was meticulously, meticulously thought out, weighed, considered. Some people rush in and, and don't give it as much thought as they could. Others give it tons of thoughts. Others probably overthink it. Hey, just like life on earth. But always it's about the likely 
adventures, journeys, loves, passions, fears, and lessons that will be there. Nobody would pick a life that's like, well, that life's just going to suck. There would always be, always be redeeming qualities, including taking into account the effect your life, maybe however brief it may be, will have on other people's, including the parents. So there's a whole lot of things that go into these things. What's most important, while you can deduce, go within and figure out uh, what your aim was, what your ambitions were, what you're most wanting to learn and who you're, et cetera, et cetera. What's most important is just being here and now. Don't get too distracted by all these parameters. And I don't remember why I chose this lifetime. You chose well. You chose so well. You hit it out of the park. You are so poised for greatness that you're still alive is proof. Okay, you wouldn't be here if there wasn't silver linings and gold gildings and infinite possibilities around the corner. So we've talked about good parents and we've talked about poor parents. We've talked about absentee parents. It's all by design, not set in stone, but by design. And really one of the last things I wanted to share with you here is that, you know, as a parent myself, we can kind of look at our little children, our little protégés, our little projects and just, you know, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. The truth is they are each ancient giant gladiators of love and joy. What an honor that they picked you. And they're just as honored that you pick them. They ought to be. They probably aren't consciously, but they ought to be. And, and, and kind of look at your parents uh, and your children, just as you would look at all humanity, truly far more brothers and sisters than uh, parents or children. Uh, we're all in this together. We trade roles. Sometimes when we find, we really, this is all common sense, right? And it's also echoed in many other profound books. When we learn well with a certain group of people, you know, in the house, uh, in the neighborhood, at work, we're like, I really dig you. And we learned so much together and it was fun. And yeah, there were challenges, but it was okay. It was so okay. It's like, let's go back again and do it another lifetime. Let's go. Even though time is an illusion, we still play out our lives on a timeline. And even though time is an illusion, there's still a before a life and after a life, at least for planning purposes. And so, yeah, all of it's simultaneously true. Simultaneosity and timelines. It's just one big banquet. You'll figure out all the logistics later on. Right now, get it on. Enjoy it. The people are in your life that are in your life are not there by accident. Even the ones that just showed up late. And in fact, they may be more of your soul family than the ones you were born of. And there's nothing more special about your parents or your kids than, than anybody else walking the face of the earth today. Of course, charity begins at home and take care of the ones you love. And you've got certain responsibilities. Honor those. But everyone is a spark of God in this march through paradise where we're relearning who we really are and we're picking the people and the players and the enemies and the besties because it's fun because we could because we're forever well there you have it fellow adventurer thanks for listening to this most recent installment of spiritual tune-ups if you enjoyed this podcast please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free notes from the universe emails. Tally ho!